The Adam Crowley Show. I'm with you, and you know what? That'd be an even better point than your cheese teeth today. And that's saying something, because your cheese teasers are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. they're my favorite thing on Twitter. Adam Crowley. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell is overrated. That's what some are saying. Putting up your walls, your defense mechanisms, doing everything you can to not be hurt by his departure. I'm a little sick of this Le'Veon Bell talk. So let's do it today for three hours. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. And Jerome is interning, and he can't do anything right. So we got to teach him a little bit about the radio ways today. Are you rooting for Bell to fail? That is the question I asked on my Twitter poll. And the options I laid out there were yes or no. But added to yes was, yes, I'm a bad person. Now, there was some confusion. Did I mean that I'm a bad person or that you're a bad person? I'm a great guy, so I was talking about you. It's about 50-50 now, but I think that I just phrased it yes or no. If I had done it that way, it would have come back differently. I understand being a team-first fan, but Le'Veon Bell isn't a bad guy. This isn't personal, it's just business. The Steelers themselves are bummed out that Bell didn't take the contract, but do you think that they're hoping he fails or gets hurt somewhere else? Hell no. Fans take things more personally than front office personnel do, and they absolutely take it more personally than teammates do. There's something wrong about that. Man, you've rooted for some bad eggs as fans, too, in this city. Barry Bonds was a dick sporting goods. James Harrison was a bully. Jung Ho Gung has three DUIs, and you want him in the lineup to provide some pop at third base. It's not like he's Alameda Teamu and was driving around the south side running people down. It's not like you walk out of Jack's and see Le'Veon Bell's four-door blowing through your best friend. He didn't do that. Although when you are on the south side, you might see Joey Porter put his hands on a cop. Ben Roethlisberger had his run-ins with the law, although never formally charged. Bell may have not shown up to the walkthrough before a playoff game and talked about retiring two days beforehand and demanded the football after they lost to Jacksonville the first time, and he did not show up to training camp last year. And Yes, he's been suspended a couple of times, but he's not hurting anybody. In the three playoff games that he started and finished as a Pittsburgh Steeler, he's been unbelievable so the bad teammate narrative that didn't hold up to me there are so many players in the nfl that aren't worth cheering for there are plenty of players in the hall of fame that did some bad stuff that maybe you should say eh, i don't want to relate to that guy lawrence taylor was doing blow before games ray lewis was convicted of obstruction of justice in a murder investigation these guys got some stuff going on Hell, even Plexico Burris was packing in New York City when he shot himself. Le'Veon Bell, however, is guilty of the biggest sin that you can be guilty of 
in the eyes of God and Steelers fans. And it's the same thing Franco Harris was guilty of, not finishing his career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. As far as you're concerned, that's the mortal freaking sin. Brian tweets at underscore Adam Crowley, trade that jackass. I hope you have a career-ending injury, you greedy SOB. Hey, Brian, they're not going to trade him. Can't trade him. And you're a bad person. Hey, you're just a bad guy. I hope you blow your knee out, Le'Veon. And he's not the only guy that has said stuff like that. Steelers fans so badly want Le'Veon Bell to get what was quote-unquote coming to him that they want to see him get hurt. They want to see him maybe even have a less-than-stellar year this year so that he doesn't get the money that he thinks he's owed on the open market next year. All y'all care about the Steelers winning. If that means Le'Veon Bell has 1,200 yards instead of 1,900, you don't care. And I can get behind that a little bit. Unfortunately, his production's kind of key to the Steelers doing well this year. What I can't get behind is that. Like, I feel like Brian, and don't try this at home, is going to bust into Le'Veon's house and put a couple caps in his knee. I don't want that guy getting a contract extension somewhere else. I don't want Le'Veon Bell having some success. Brian, please never tweet me again. I'm going to report you. And, again, you're a terrible, awful SOB. You're the SOB. The word that we always seem to see in these great back-and-forth Twitter conversations is greedy. Le'Veon's greedy. He's a greedy SOB. All he wants is cash. So do you. Brian, I bet you you want cash, too. I bet you it's the only thing you care about in your life when you're dragging a mop across whatever floor it is you're dragging a mop across. Not that there's anything wrong with dragging mops. There's not. I know I couldn't do it. I got frail arms. I'd get really tired. Probably slip on the linoleum floors there. Good for you doing what you do, Brian. But if somebody else from across the street, they said, Brian... We will give you a better mop. Hell, no. The analogy works better this way. Brian, we will give you a bad mop, but we'll pay you a lot of money. You might have to work harder, but we've given you the cash. You know what you're going to do, Brian? You're going to gimp your way across the street. They're going to give you a toothbrush or whatever it is that you're now using to clean the floor, and you're going to smile as you scrub the grime out of every last corner. Why? Cash. I know sports fans try to watch the game so that they can get away from all that, so that they can forget about their lives and forget about the fact that their girlfriend left them or their mother's smoking crack. I realize that that's what sports is about. But you got to realize that even though these people make a lot more money than you, they still want to make more money than they do. If I had Madden's job, and they told me, okay, we'll give you what Madden made. <laughs> that ain't never going to happen. But if that did go down, I'd probably want more. I would. Because that's the way it goes. That's the way the mind thinks. When Rob Rossi said, hey, Crowley, do you want to write a column for the Pittsburgh City paper? I didn't say sure. I said, how much? Money fuels us. Money gets us the women. Money gets us the car. Money gets us the house. That's the society we live in. Le'Veon wants more of each. And so do you, Brian. So do all of you.
412-922-2874 is the number. Again, you can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I promise I'll be nice. All right, I won't be nice. A bunch of people have been tweeting out math that the Steelers had six Super Bowls without Bell, and they have zero with him. Congrats on the math being correct, but that doesn't that doesn't jive with me. Doesn't that imply that Bell himself has been costing the Steelers a chance at winning the championship? Uh, I think it does. I think it's a logical jump to make in imbeciles' minds. But he hasn't been the reason the Steelers have been losing. And in fact, I've broken it down into four categories. Four categories the Steelers have lost playoff games over the last four years. And here's the order, and it cannot be questioned. Number one, injuries. Number two, the defense. Number three, Ben Roethlisberger. And number four, coaching decisions. Now, as honesty is the number one virtue of the Crowley show, I will tell you that I went into this trying to blame Roethlisberger for everything. But being the honest guy that I am, and that you know me to be, I couldn't find him anywhere else on this list. Couldn't put him anywhere else on this list other than third. Let's go down memory lane, shall we? It'll be fun. In 2014, Steelers made the playoffs after a two-year hiatus. Steelers lost to the Ravens. But Bell was hurt the week prior against Cincy. So, (laughs) Josh Harris and Ben Tate had to tote the rock. That's not ideal. So injury is the number one culprit in this game. But Roethlisberger wasn't good. Two interceptions to only one touchdown. A quarterback rating of 79. He was sacked five times. So I'll give Ben a pass here because the Steelers had no threat of running the ball. But the defense gave up 30 at home. Again, not ideal. So the blame to me for that loss goes injuries, defense, and then Ben farther down the list. Did I say Bell? Was it Antonio Brown's fault? Nope. Okay, moving on. 2015. The Steelers beat the Bengals because of a big-time historical meltdown. But the Steelers did lead Cincy for three quarters of the game without Bell or D'Angelo Williams. That speaks well of Ben Roethlisberger, and that speaks well how the defense performed that day. But it was all injury, as far as I'm concerned, in the loss to Denver. No blame to go around. Ben and Brown were hurt against Cincinnati. Brown couldn't play against Denver, and they still almost won. No Bell... Either meant that the Steelers had to trust Fitz Toussaint. And, well, we all know what happened to him late in that game. Fumble City. They go to the AFC Championship game, if not for a letdown by the third-string running back. That's not even the third-string running back's fault. Hey, Fitz, you want to play against Denver, the no-fly zone, on the road, in that air, and tote the rock like your Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, not his fault either. But the defense did give up a long drive and a third and 12 to Peyton Noodle or Manning to put the final nail in their coffin. Injuries, number one. Defense, a long way down the list. Fast forward to 2016. The Steelers beat the Dolphins and the Chiefs with Le'Veon Bell setting the Steelers' rushing records in consecutive weeks. 167 and 170. Bell was the reason the Steelers advanced to the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, he did leave the Patriots game due to injury, and that changed the entire game plan for the Steelers and for the Pats. They had to try to take Bell away, but after the injury, the onus then fell on Brown, who was double and sometimes triple covered. In fact, I think the entire New England defense was humping up up and down the football field on one play. 
It was Kobe Hamilton and Sammy Coates and company other than Antonio Brown. So no match for New England. That ain't Bell's fault that they lost. It's injury. It's bad luck, plus some bad coaching on the other side of the ball. I wasn't as harsh on Tomlin and Butler as others have been, but not playing much man coverage was bad against a quarterback who's carved up that same system for years, and the only time they didn't was when the Steelers did play man coverage in 2011. Now last year. Last year hurts. Last year, to me, was the biggest blown opportunity in the Bell and Brown and Ben and Tomlin era because they were all healthy. The Steelers, overall, were healthy. They lost to the Jags 45-42. The defense takes the brunt of the blame here, obviously. They gave up 107 rushing yards and three touchdowns to Leonard Fournette. That offense looked like it was the 2010 Army-Navy game the week before against Buffalo, and then they looked like the greatest show on turf at Heinz Field. 164 rushing yards total and almost 400 overall. The offense did put up 42 points for the Steelers, so it's tough to assign blame there, but oh, I will anyhow. Because Ben Roethlisberger's fumble was picked up for a touchdown, and his interception led directly to a Jacksonville score. If he doesn't turn it over, the Steelers, they still win that game. Coaching decisions take a big brunt of it here, too, as far as I'm concerned. Not using the quarterback sneak on multiple fourth downs was baffling. Perhaps that's why Todd Haley lost his job. The Steelers' decision to onside kick it as opposed to kicking it deep was costly as well. A Jags three and out led to a field goal, but it would have been a punt if backed up deep in their own territory. Because Marone didn't allow Bortles to throw in Steelers' territory, so he sure as bleep wouldn't have thrown the ball on the Steelers' side of the field. So that's the defense, the quarterback, and the coach not living up to expectations at different times during the game. The running back that everyone says can't win the big one? The running back whose fault it is the Steelers have a big old goose egg with him as running back? He had 155 yards and two touchdowns. FYI, I can count two. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls. Good so far? Five of them have come with Hall of Fame running backs. Franco was around for four, and Jerome was around for the fifth. Le'Veon Bell is that kind of of player. I'd take my chances with him as opposed to the guy that they bring in next year. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Mark Caboli joins us next. He from The Athletic. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. The biggest reason why the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl since he's been in the league. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowman. On ESPN Pittsburgh. No Le'Veon Bell starting next year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will have him this year. This is the Steelers' best chance to win in the Ben Roethlisberger era. Joining us now to discuss from The Athletic, he is Mark Caboli. Kaboom, hello. What's up, Adam? You fired up? Training camp, baby, let's go. I wouldn't say fired up. I was just looking at the schedule. And we're looking at like nine... Nine day, nine out of ten days, I have to stay up there in the road. Why don't you just drive back and forth, man? Man, that's too much of a pain in the rear. 
You know, you have to drive down 30. One day, one time I, I counted red lights and stop signs from my house to Latrobe, and I can't remember the number now, so this is kind of anticlimactic, but it was a significant amount. I want to say like 60 or 70. You just don't want to do that every day. Mark, what the hell are you talking about here, man? I mean, just get, I, I don't need to know how many lights there are on Route 30, okay? I, I, I'm just I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's, a, I'm, I'm, it's a drive that wears you down. How many years have you been going to camp? Uh, my first day, the first year I stayed up there was 2003, So how many grilled cheese cheeseburgers have you put down from Sharky's? Funny you should say that. I was watching this show on Food Channel yesterday, and it was like barbecue burgers and whatever, and they went to this place in Houston, and they had something very similar to that other than uh, it was some fancied up thing. I mean, you know, Sharky's is like a man's man sandwich. This was like something you want to eat with a you know, a fork and a knife, but they stole it off. They had bacon and stuff on it, too, so I might have to get some bacon on it this year as well. But I probably only had about four or five. Okay, that's bull. That You've had one every year since I've been going. Yeah, well, maybe in one night you had four or five. See, the, the problem is is you always have to add the fries, and the fries is r- what really gets you. So uh, you have to get away from the fries, and the number two thing is, you get through the first half because they cut it in half and it's right. delicious. Then you have about three bites of the second half, and all of a sudden the deliciousness, deliciousness turns into utter horror, and you're like just sitting there, just like blobbed up and saying, "Okay, I'm going back to my room." I like to drink the first night, so that means I'm not going to eat the sandwich. I usually don't want to drink ever again by the last night, so that's when I eat the sandwich. What are you talking about? You drink every single night. I thought I turned it back last year a little bit. What about when you bum cigarettes out for everybody? This is, uh, you, 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 you would uh, fit good in the 70s, man. Smoking cigarettes. I'm surprised you don't have a pack up in your shoulder tucked under your, you know, with a white T-shirt on. Who bums? Who, first of all, who smokes anymore? And number two is who bums? Not only does he bum a cigarette, he goes up to the person and says, can I have two of them? I mean, one's not enough. I always get two whenever I'm going to bum one. I say, hey, man, can I get one? They say, yeah. yeah, You know what? For my trouble, give me a second one, please. Give me one more so that I don't have to bum it off someone else later. And usually they're hammered enough to oblige. No, I quit smoking, though. I'm out on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I I did. I will post a picture of it sometime next week. I guarantee you uh, start smoking. Those things are like $34 a pack now, so I wouldn't let you bum up thing off of it. I was smoking. Especially at Sharky's where you got to put cash in the little machine and then it's a soft pack. Don't, don't make me go down this path, okay? <laughs> Enough. Mark Caboli joining us from The Athletic. Uh, at some point, I think, to talk about football. All right, Kaboom, did the Steelers dodge a bullet by Le'Veon Bell not signing that contract extension? I think this time will tell, right? I mean, let's see what he signs for and who with next year, and let's see how the Steelers replace him. Now, if they uh, are swelling in mediocrity at the running back position over the next two to three years, and they can't find anybody, and that window closes, and uh, you know they go back to that 2012-13 where they're lucky to be 500, and Le'Veon Bell racks up stuff somewhere else. Then yeah, I mean, the no, they did dodge a bullet. They wish they would have got him. Now that's the flip side, and they replace him, and you know. 
then it's a pretty good deal. And, you know, I know a lot of people are out there talking about either dodging bullets or whatnot, and the Steelers, this guy's not worth it. Well, he must have been worth it enough for them to put a lot of right. effort into signing him. So at least they must think that he's a pretty significant piece of their puzzle. So uh, that gives I mean, no, you can get me started on this. Because, you know, all of a sudden people, and I say people, I mean you. No, not really. Um, all of a sudden the, the, the diminish his worth, and what he's done, and what he's capable of doing just because he didn't sign with the Steelers. The guy is still a tremendous talent. The guy's going to be a tremendous talent for a couple years. That doesn't mean that he fits with the Steelers. He might fit with somewhere else who has more money. But don't sit here and talk to me that say this and try to come up with excuses that why he's no good and why it's not a good fit. No, he's a good player, and they would love to have him. But, you know, at that price, it's good. Okay, maybe it's good that they don't have it, but he's a good player. It's a defense mechanism is all that is, Kaboom. It's just that they, they don't want to believe that he's that great because they know he's not going to be in black and gold next year. Uh, Mark, how easy do you think it is to replace running backs in this league? Do you think that they're as interchangeable as some seem to make it out to be? think so because for every I mean we look at this past draft or two drafts ago when you had the Kamaras and the the couple of those other guys. I can't think of the guy's name now. Help me out here, Kansas City guy. Oh Kamir uh, Kareem Hunt, yeah, thank you. Hunt. They think it's so much easy, but if you look at all the other running backs selected there a lot of them are uh, no not very good. I mean look at one that was supposed to be good, Marlon Mack. I remember how good he was supposed <laughs> to be a late round pick or a mid round pick for the Colts. You didn't hear a word from him. So is it easy? Sure, you can get one in the third or fourth round, fifth round, undrafted if you're, you know, Willie Parker or even, you know, Isaac Redmond. But you know, that's not that's not a guarantee. If you're able to get one, then yeah, you can get one. It's not like, okay, let's pick one in the third round, and just because he's a mid-round back, he's going to be good. That's not the case. So I, I think it is being, I don't know why it's being so devalued. I heard a lot of arguments now recently in comparing it to the you know, NBA and to Major League Baseball. Why do they say... Why do we? Why do they make a chart to say we're only paying running backs this amount of money? That's like saying the point guard position only should make eight million dollars a year. But hey, center should make fourteen. First baseman, ah, forget it. He only makes seven million. Centers and wingers, oh, they they make eighteen million. But forget about the right wingers. It's just ridiculous. If the guy's worth amount of money, you should pay the guy what's worth amount of money not because of what position he plays. And Le'Veon Bell got caught up in that situation. He's in that position where right now there's not very – it's a way to save money, cut corners. Well, let, let, let's stay with that for one money. second here, Mark, because I think Le'Veon Bell and you share that same thought, and I think it's a really good point. I think that a lot of people would wind up agreeing with Le'Veon if he'd have taken the Steelers deal. If he'd have taken the Steelers deal, I think a lot of national pundits, I think local people would all say, okay, he got paid for being a damn good player. He didn't get paid for being a damn good running back. And I think a lot of people at that point would be like, okay, fine. He had a, he had a great point. Well, now I kind of get that his point's getting dragged through the mud a little bit because he didn't take the deal. And then the question then becomes, well, how much is he really worth? If he's not worth 15, is he, is he worth 17? Is he worth 20? And I think he kind of commandeered the conversation or steered it in a different direction by accident. Nobody knows how much he's worth. That's that's the biggest issue right now because he's never been a free agent. Free agent. So I mean, we just go by the market price right now, and the market is anywhere eight ten million dollars for running backs on the high end of it. 
So, I mean, he, the Steelers put the exclusive tag on him for a reason for two years, so he couldn't find out how much he's worth. Maybe he's worth $10 million a year on the open market. Maybe he's worth $20 million a year. You get to this point where you're two years into the franchise to tag $27 million bucks in your pocket, why not take the chance? Worst thing can happen, you don't like the offers out there and go back to the Steelers and sign your $12, $13 million deal. But that, that final deal that was leaked, I don't know how many deals were before that, before you got to that deal, uh, you know, the rolling guarantees and all that garbage. That was crap. That was a crap contract. I would have turned it down as well if you're only getting ten million dollars guaranteed to pay okay, what so, was this year. So, so that's that's crap. I mean but, there's that I mean that there's no way. There's no way in sweet hell that the offer the Steelers put on the table at the end was ten million guaranteed and that's it. I the thirty three sounds right. That that clicks. The ten uh, that's that's ass. I mean that but, is that's the agent saying, Oh, it wasn't a good deal. No, no, no. You know what that could have been a last ditch effort by Omar saying, Hey, okay, what about this? We'll give you $14 million this year. We'll give you a $10 million signing loan. But if we're giving you that much cash up front, then we're going to, we're going to implement this this uh, rolling guarantee here that says nothing going to be guaranteed past this year. Maybe that was just the final one put on the table. Doesn't mean that it was four or five before that that, that were, as you would say, you know, $30 million or whatever it was. I don't even think it would be $30 million. Roethlisberger got $30 million on a $100 million deal. Antonio got 19 guaranteed on what a 78 million, 60, 70 million dollar deal right. to it. Hayward or way down there in the tens, twelves, whatever they are, they're just not going to give. I find it hard to believe that they would give him 30 million. I think the guarantee was probably around 20. If I was just you know by, by past history of how they do their contracts. To your previous point and that point. Le'Veon Bell has to be pulling out his hair when he sees a guy like Brandon Cooks get five years, $80 million. That's probably why he's mad. That's why I say you get a guy like Devontae Adams making fourteen and a half. Ugh. You have guys like Sammy Watkins that signed for $16 million. I know it's a different position. You know, I mean, some people can argue that you can find a receiver in any round as well. Well, the Steelers could certainly Brown, argue that, right, huh? So why isn't Antonio Brown, why isn't the wide receiver position devalue like that. It's probably because longevity That's it. get knocked out really quickly. But, hey, the owners probably love it. But, yeah, I mean, you have to look at it. I mean, nothing against any of the other guys that make more money on the team as well. But if you were to take a poll of, you know, GMs around the league and say, who would you rather have, Hayward, DeCastro, or Le'Veon Bell, I'm pretty sure that the majority of them would take Le'Veon Bell, and they all would. So, He's always worth $60 million. I'm not saying those guys aren't worth that money, but if a defensive end's worth that kind of money who, you know, sometimes gets one, two tackles a game and gets taken out of games, a guy that touches the ball 400 times and puts on all these numbers uh, should be worth that money. I'm not saying that he's, the Steelers should have gave him, given him the money and it's going to be terrible that he left. I still, I just say that he's probably worth that money, just probably not worth that money to the Steelers. Do you think that James Conner has a legitimate opportunity to be the guy next year? Uh, we got about a month to find out, and I think that's all he's going to get. Uh, I was not a big James Conner fan when they drafted him. Uh, seeing him last year just didn't look like that guy. In college, he looked like he was you know one-dimensional, really. 
you know, tough, hard-nosed guy type of thing. You know, I think it's changed. I think since he's been rehabbing that knee and being in the league for a year and seeing how these guys work, I think he all of a sudden knows what type of body he needs to have to be a successful running back, and he has transformed that. And he is, I mean, he's listed at 233 now. He's not 233. He was 235 in college. So he's more around 215, has that sleek look a lot quicker. Mm. Um, you saw he actually had pretty good hands in OTAs. He had the burst. Everything looks like it's in place, but he's, you know, he's been hurt constantly over the past three, four years. Hurt or, you know, sick. So myself, I think he has a chance, and this is of, like I think you got about what a month and one day of training camp preseason where he needs to prove that that to the Steelers. So when they go out and start thinking next year, hey, can James do this or not? Hey, maybe he can. Look what he did for us last year. I think he has a better opportunity this year to show that he can be a viable starting running back in this league. Maybe not exactly what Le'Veon Bell could do. But I think I like where he's at more right now than he is next year. And I think this training camp is where you're really going to get a look. I mean, the worst thing to happen to him, he gets banged up again. And it's all of a sudden, you know, it's basically over. But I like what I saw from him, and I can't wait to see if he's the guy that takes that next step in training camp. Last thing for Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Quickly here, Mark. Probably not a fair question, but this is the best chance for the Steelers to win a Super Bowl now in Ben Roethlisberger's career. What's left of it, right? Man, they're on the they're on the verge of just a total collapse. What happens if Bell leaves next year? Uh, ben decides he's going to go. Their entire offensive line's like almost thirty years old. I'm being the pessimist here, but uh, well, I have to say that this is probably one of their better years. But you know how that works out. You lose a guy like Le'Veon Bell, and all of a sudden. Next year is a year where they'll end up winning. I'm not going to – as long as Antonio's there, as long as Ben's there, I think they'll always be in the conversation. But I think, obviously, this will be the year that, you know, with the rest of the AFC, uh, I think this is their best shot of winning it all because it's not really a dominant team. There's about three or four very good ones, no dominant. So I think they'll always be there until a quarterback quits. But – this is their best opportunity. Is that what quickly means to you, Mark? I mean, what the hell is that? That's like a minute and a half. You're just, you're just droning on and on. What are you doing? What, what in the world do you have to do? Yeah. I have to go bum cigarettes from, home, from homeless guys at Sharky's. You got you got to work on that cheese teas uh, production, man. Woo. Those cuts were like something that eighth eighth grader would. You know, it's like it's like late fade in and fade out or something. Tell it's not in the budget. Get out of get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out. Not in the budget. What do you want from us? Look, we're trying to do the best we can with what we have. And he has no idea how bad our camera guy was today. Oh, it, it, I mean, intern Jerome. Like holy crap. Worst so far, he's earned the credit as the worst actor ever to appear on a cheese tease. Yep. And the worst person to ever film a cheese tease. He's, he's batting a thousand here with us. Good stuff. Nice guy, though, so we'll keep him around for a little bit, but screws up a lot. I don't even like him. He's a good guy. Coming up next. That's why we keep him in the other room. This is it for the Steelers. That's right. This year, it's it. It's a Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Coach?
I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's yeah, K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I've got some tweets and Facebook comments to get to on Le'Veon Bell. We'll wait a moment for that because I have to react to this. Larry Fedora, the head coach of UNC, the guy whose football team was 3-9 and nine last year, also beat Pitt. He said today at ACC Media Day, Our game is under attack. I fear the game will be pushed so far from what we know that we won't recognize it 10 years from now. And if it does, our country will go down too. As if the only way you can grow up and be successful in this world is if you play football. As if the only way that you can prepare how to battle through adversity is if you're smacking your head off of another dude. We can find ways to make this world a better place. We can find ways to learn and teach young men the value of teammates and sportsmanship without CTE. Without concussions. You know what I did? Theater. I never got hurt. In fact, it was great. I was like the only straight guy. And I grew up great. I have a big-time radio show. I'm a major media market star. Got a good group of people around me now. We know how to act as teammates. We know how. And we do every single day. And I didn't play football. I played flag football. That was a team. Baseball's a team. Soccer's a team. Swimming's a team. Curling's a team. I can just keep listing sports or I could stop because it's not interesting. Lacrosse is a team. Doubles tennis is a team. Doubles, I knew, doubles badminton, too. Doubles badminton. No kidding. Nukem. You can play doubles with that, I think. Corn, Volleyball. Cornhole. Cornhole. That'll shoes. teach you a thing about teammates. You can do things that don't give you CTE, that don't make you bash your brain in every day and still teach young men the value of leadership. In fact, Larry Fedora, not really thinking that much here, is he? He's just trying to protect what he knows. He also said that he talked about how a member of the military, pardon me, told him that our military is so great because so many military members played football growing up. Huh. It makes you think, how the hell did America survive before football? I know. You know? I mean, why are we still... Why did we even make it to invent football without football? You know what I heard? If football was around in the 1860s, we never would have had a civil war. No, we would not have. Never would have happened. We would have played it on the gridiron and yep. everything would have been settled. Everything would have been settled. Yeah. Mm. Mm. America. I mean, World War One. that only got solved because the forward pass was invented. I figured it all out with the forward pass. I know trench warfare and all that. Give me a break. <laughs> Jesus. I don't like when football people align what they do with military members either. Like the stuff that they actually go through. I've watched The Longest Yard and I've watched Saving Private Ryan. I would much rather have my hand in the dirt on the football field than my hand in the dirt crawling out of a boat onto a beach in Normandy. Hell, Forrest Gump, he had his issues, and yet he's still returning kicks for a touchdown. Like, although I guess Tom Hanks did fight in World War II in 
Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. He was in World War II. Shoot. Man, wow, what an actor, really. He was also in Vietnam and Forrest Gump, too. He wasn't. Yeah, he did. He fought. He fought in Nam. I forgot about that. Tom Hanks fought in every major war that our country has fought. Yes. And then he's made, he's produced or been in every major war movie. Yep. Yep. You know what? So we just talk about Tom Hanks for the rest of the (laughs) scene. Got this tweet from John. I asked if Le'Veon Bell leaving next year means that you're going to root for his failure. And he said, next year will be his last as a Steeler and also his last good year. Too much time will pass with a new team for his hesitating burst running style to be of any value. Once he gets with a new line, his prime will be well past him. <laughs> I bet you he rushes for a 1,000 yards wherever he goes next year. Bam! I'm putting that money on the table right now. I bet you. I bet you. Maybe even 1,500. Might even go that that far. Steelers fans are so arrogant. They are. He'll wind up with the Jets. He'll wind up with the Colts. He's going to suck. What do the Steelers want with Le'Veon Bell? It's all his fault. Actually, I learned this earlier. Six uh, Super Bowls without him and none with him. So there there you go. (laughs) If the Steelers do win a Super Bowl this year, none of this Bell crap even matters. Like, he can walk, and that's fine. You just you say, all right, you know, we got ours. We needed this one for the Bell, Brown, Ben trio, and we finally got it. I think it all goes away if that happens. In fact, I know it all goes away if that happens. That being said, oh, my God, the pressure. Mike Tomlin's coming up on 10 years since he's won a Super Bowl. In Tom's set of rules, Tom's guidelines, he says, if you go 10 years without winning a championship, you no longer get credit for that championship. Nope. It has no validity at all. It I does think not. That's a good rule. That's I, a good rule. Look, it started with torts. I'm sick of people falling back with John Tortorella and being like, oh, he is a Stanley Cup winning coach. That was like in 2006. What does that do for us now? Totally different sport back then. Yeah. Not at all the same. Okay, it's kind of not. But I'll still give Tom credit for a Super Bowl. I'll still look back on him fondly. But history will not remember him as kindly if he doesn't win with Ben and Bell and Brown. They just won't. And I have said that the Steelers are the second-best team in the AFC over a period where they have to go up against maybe the best team of all time and the best head coach and the best quarterback in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But that doesn't mean you can't sneak up and beat them every once in a while. The Baltimore Ravens sneaked it up on them and beat them a couple of times. They beat them once in Foxborough. Ray Rice ran for like 17,000 yards. It can happen. And last year was a great opportunity for that to happen. They didn't even get to the game that you all wanted to see. And they lost the game that would have given them the opportunity to play that game at home and not even have to see Jacksonville, in all likelihood. So, this is it. I mean, this is freaking huge. Ben's going to be fine, because no matter what happens to him, he'll have won two Super Bowls, and that means a lot in the quarterback community. It means a lot to the national media. Guys like Nick Wright and Colin Cowherd, they're all going to be saying, oh, Ben won his two. But Bell and Brown are going to get absolutely smoked. Absolutely smoked if they don't win a championship. And this is it. This is the only opportunity they're going to have. The offensive line is getting older. Antonio Brown's going to be a year older. You would assume his prime will last for a long time. But Ben Roethlisberger's shown some cracks the last couple of years. Ben Roethlisberger, his arm's going to fall off. Or his hip's going to break. Or he's going to separate his shoulder. Knock on wood, obviously, but Ben Roethlisberger hasn't always been the healthiest guy. And I think if you're going to say that 
Le'Veon Bell taking all those hits early in his career is going to affect whether or not he's got longevity. I think you absolutely have to say the same thing about Ben. And then when you look at the defense, it's always next year in Jerusalem, isn't it? Every freaking year. I sit down there, and I didn't this year, but I sit down there at rookie camp. And then I sit there at mini camp and at OTAs, and we yap on about, oh, this is the year. Beginning of the season, it might be a learning experience, but by the by the second half, oh, they'll have it together. They'll get it going. They just haven't. Beginning portion of the season last year, they were championship caliber on that side of the ball, but they fell off, and it's not all because of Ryan Shazier. Didn't help. They were giving up big plays against Detroit with Ryan Shazier there. They were giving up big plays in the running game against Chicago with Ryan Shazier there. So I'm not going to say, oh, Ben Roethlisberger, they can win with the defense after Le'Veon Bell leaves because they're going to add a good defensive piece. One player is going to fix that defense? One player? Well, they'll draft guys, too. Okay, we don't know if they're going to pan out. Did Jarvis Jones? Has Bud Dupree? I rest my case. This is the year. This is it. Coming up next, did anybody watch the MLB All-Star game last night that's sitting in here? I did not. Tom, did you watch it? No. Brian, you watch it? Uh, I had it on. I did have it on the TV. Uh, Todd, Tom, just so you know, in the show meeting, you told me you watched parts of it, and I was kind of counting on you to have watched parts of it. Oh, yeah, I watched parts of it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Jerome probably watched it. He, I guarantee you he watched it from start to finish. Hand down his pants, Budweiser, and a hot dog. Two hot dogs. It's a Crowley Show.